In a world full of noise and confusion, it's hard to focus on what's really important. In a culture where religion has become a grab bag of ideas, the precision of language is necessary for the proclamation of truth. This podcast is dedicated to that type of precision. I'm not sure what we'll talk about each day in this podcast, but you can rest assured that as our thoughts and questions continue, we will search the scriptures in order to know the truth. So let's get started. Are you listening? Holiness. It's one of those words in our American vernacular, even with unbelievers. It strikes some sense of perfection or absolute sinlessness. And it's not a bad thing to think about when we think about holiness. After all, doesn't the Bible say that God is holy? God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. Well, if you look at confessions throughout history, and you look at other areas of Christendom, you look at teaching and writing, even over the last five, six hundred years, you find this idea of holiness and or sanctified as something that really the Bible doesn't define it as. Now, in context, we see this word being used when we see some sense of moral teaching. We talk about loving one another or loving God or being kind and merciful and respectful. We understand that there is a sense in which holiness is attached to these things. But holiness in itself does not mean practicing these things. As a matter of fact, the Scripture does not even say that it's an adherence to the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments. Many people even consider the fact that holiness should be a list of rules that the church sets forth. And in some circles, that historic cultural standard gets deeper and harder as the generations move on. For others, it's a list of rules and a, a, a large category or catalog of obedience that's required. And even some think it is sinless perfection. But when you think of the word holiness, both in the Old and New Testament, to be holy is to be set apart. To be holy is to be taken for the purpose of God. Now, I'm an instrumentalist. I play piano and saxophone and others, and I have several different saxophones that I play. Imagine if there was some regulation in Scripture where there had to be a particular saxophone that was used in temple worship or in the church. And I set one of my horns in that place. And in order for it to be prepared, I could not take it out of there after I had cleaned it and oiled it or rubbed it with some type of symbolic uh, coating. Because to do that, I would have to redo all of that preparation before I used it in a worship service. Now, that saxophone could be called holy because it has been set apart for the use of God. If I took it out, it would no longer be holy because it was no longer set apart for the use of God. And even then, it is an inanimate object. It has no soul. It is not alive. So it can neither do good or bad. I could take that horn, though, and I could go to a nightclub, or I could take that saxophone and play it in a very sinful environment. That horn would not be used for the Lord's work. And I'm using this as an absurd example. But do you see the point? The Bible says that holiness is to be set apart. Now, Israel was set apart by God, not because of who they were and what they did and how they proved themselves in the Lord's service, but because God set them apart. God is set apart, for He is the only God, and there is no other, so therefore He is holy. I've said for years that God's holiness is a display of His intrinsic worthiness. 
So therefore, he is worthy of all glory and honor and praise because he is holy, he is different, he is set apart. And yes, that includes his perfection. There is no way for us in the sense that most people describe holiness to live up to the standard of God because he tells us in Scripture, Romans 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are sinners and we can never fit the perfection of God's demands. But beloved, because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, we now stand before God justified. We stand before God judicially granted as innocent. We are no longer guilty of our sin because that guilt has been removed expiation. And the justice of that guilt, the wrath of God has been satisfied because he put Christ to death on the cross, and that is propitiation. So we who are in Christ are holy because we've been set apart by God. And because we've been set apart, we are no longer of the world, even though we are in it. And there are many things that the New Testament teaches us that we should do and strive for. And these are beautiful examples of how God works in the lives of his people. We can truly understand justice. We can truly understand and practice love, not because it is in us, but because it is in God and God is in us. Christ has been given to us and we are able to understand and comprehend and live, striving to please the one who gave himself for us because of his great love that he has for us. So in that, we are set apart. We are not like the world. So when we begin to look like the world again, God has prescribed something to correct that in the New Testament, and that is called church discipline. So when the body of Christ begins to look like the world, we discipline each other, and that, by the grace of God, corrects us. Why? Because we are holy. We do not have to act like the world, for we have been snatched out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of Christ. Beloved, please understand the perfection of God and the promise of God that he has set us apart for himself. Christ has died for his church. And they will never, ever perish. We are thankful that you listen to these podcasts daily, and we pray that the information that we provide in the teaching ministry here, not only with this podcast, but with others and other things that we produce and publish, are a benefit to your Christian faith. If you'd like to support us in this venture, please go to patreon.com slash theology. That's patreon.com slash theology. More information can be found at anchoringfaith.org.